Welcome, welcome, everyone. Sheep Out of Water, episode 16. For some reason, that seems like a lot of episodes to me. I don't 16 know. already. Right? How you been? I've been good. How about you? Yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain. Good. Been been a busy but but good week, I, I would say. Yeah, successful completion based on all the things that are happening in your life and yeah. family life. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Same yeah. here. We'll take it. We'll take weeks like we'll that. We'll take it. <laughs> we- we will comp- compete well and finish the the race. There you go. There you speaking go. Speaking nice. of which, speaking of which, beautiful segue. Uh, yeah. So in um, the second reading this week, we come it comes from two Timothy four. Our our good old pal Saint Paul says, "I've competed well. I finished the race. I have kept the faith." And the theme of competing well kind of popped out. That's what Chris and I want to focus on tonight. And it was interesting because I think it was like it's a continuation of what we talked about in our previous episode titled Get Off Your Ass <laughs> a few episodes back, where in that episode, we kind of focused on um, kind of the same area, but it was through the lens of what righteousness looks like, where tonight we, we want to look at what does you know competing well what does that mean how do we compete well and you sent me a message earlier this week and you said you know just sacrifice is a part of this tell us more what do you what do you got there just sacrifice not just as in righteous sacrifice just sacrifice and then as we're competing in life God's calling us not just to compete, not to be complacent, ties into one of our other episodes, but to compete well. And I think that part of that competing well means that the sacrifices that we make on a daily basis as Catholic men, as dads, as husbands, as, you know, the uh, people who are dedicated to our workplaces those sacrifices have to be done for the right reasons. And that if we are still doing sacrifices, but it's for the wrong reasons, according to the readings, God ain't having no part of that. <laughs> he doesn't want our sacrifices that are unjust because it sickens them. Yeah. I love that. Cause I did something come up this week at work and we were dealing with a complaint that was filed and, and, you know, the, as, as, you can imagine people get worried and all these things. And in my attitude's always been, that's okay. I mean, these things are going to happen. We're living in a world of human beings and nothing's perfect. And, um, you know, we shouldn't get so focused on this complaint. Um, we should be focused on what it, what it can do and how do we handle this the right way? Meaning there's going to be one of two things that happen in my mind. It's, one, maybe there's some elements of what happened that we, we we didn't do well and the complaint is just. Well, we can learn from that. We can get better from that. So that's not a bad thing if you don't act out of fear. And the second thing could be is a case. People have a right to complain and voice um, their unhappiness or, or what the case may be. And maybe it's found that it's unwarranted because they they misunderstood something or they just were angry and just trying to take it out on you, whatever the case may be. But 
I welcome that at work, meaning, look, either we're going to come across and learn something or whatever power that be that that's involved in this complaint is going to see that we were doing what we needed to do. Um, either way, it, if we approach it that way for the right reasons, which is to ultimately serve others, we're going to be okay one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love how you put that. Yeah. I would, when I was thinking uh, through some examples of my own life, because I wanted to make sure that I held myself accountable to that very thing. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the, the easy ones to think about it was all the, were all the sacrifices that I made, you know, when I was in the priesthood and, you know, whether it be the early mornings or the late nights or whatever it might be, the fact that sometimes I did things for the right reasons, which was to serve God and his church. And then other times it was purely selfish. And I, But I wasn't even aware of that. I think that's the important thing. St. Teresa of Avila says the greatest thing is self-awareness. Because I would do things thinking, wow, this is going to really make people happy. This is really going to please people. This is really going to excite people. This is really going to make people think a lot of me. This is really going to meet people's expectations. And through all of that, there was one common denominator. Hmm. And that was me. It wasn't God. It was me. And so they weren't even really sacrifices because I wasn't giving up something for something else. I was doing, taking on something uh, to make myself more favorable in others' eyes. And we see that in the gospel. Uh, for sure, when the Jesus tells the the parable uh, about the Pharisee going in, and I mean, I just I, oh my gosh, I used to love to proclaim this gospel because <laughs> I I could just put myself in every single person in it, you know, to to hear that in Luke chapter eighteen verses nine through fourteen. Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity. Greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. You know, he's doing all great things. It's a good thing to pay tithes, uh, uh, to pay the tithes on his whole income rather than partial income. And it's great to fast twice a week. And it's great that he, you know, offers himself in prayer. But the problem is he's not doing it. To God, he's doing it to himself in his own image of himself. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I looked at it, it in a way, in a connected way. This the, the gospel. I mean, in that story, you know, I thought about competing well, and I'm well. Okay, well, how do we measure that, right? Because I always tend to think of things that way sometimes, and we tend to measure things based on what we compare ourselves to others and that's exactly what he's doing here. Yeah. Good point. Right. And so we're using the, the others as the measuring stick and that's the wrong attitude. The, the, what God wants is us to measure ourselves uh, to his expectations, his will. And that's a different, a very different thing. One other way you could look at it if you want to be more practical is is measure yourself against yourself. So if you're wanting to improve something in life, okay, let's say I want to be more 
I want to take on more responsibility, be more autonomous. And I'm kind of a lazy person. And I, all right, well, I'm going to do one, I'm going to take one step and that's going to be, I'm going to wake up earlier to get more things mm-hmm. done. Okay. Did you wake up at least five minutes earlier than you did yesterday? Okay, I did. Well, then you're taking a step in the right direction. I'm only measuring against myself. And then the day after that, did I wake up earlier that day? Yeah, only five minutes, but it compounds. And now I'm 10 minutes earlier. It's a a simple example, but that's a practical way to look at it. It just kind of puts you on the right path to try. But then ultimately you have to look at, okay, how does God judge what I'm doing? Do I understand exactly what the way you put it, Chris, is do I understand what it's what's just in God's eyes, not what I think justice is? Right. Yeah. And I think it's a problem we have today. I mean, and again, you could pick both sides of any argument and they're going to disagree with what they think is just. Well, you're you're off. You use God as that that measuring stick and see where you land there. And if you're honest about it, Maybe you're both wrong to some extent, you know? Yeah, I think it's a good way to, to tie back to your first uh, example, you know, at work this week is uh, maybe there's area for both people to grow. Mm-hmm. And through that, you know, you're, you're competing well, you're, and so are they, you've called them to that. They've called you to that. And it's kind of like the iron sharpens iron. It's meant for mutual benefit and growth, not just to, in the workplace, but in faith and in life. Yeah. I I also think, and this is completely me just throwing something out there, everybody, you're not going to find this anywhere. I think that's how God judges us too. Meaning, hey, for you, Jason, I'm watching you and I know that you're looking at this and you're working on these things and I'm judging you today based on who you were the day before. Are you, are you taking a, a step towards my will or away from that? And that's going to look very different than you, Chris. And so he's, he's judging you. And and I don't, maybe the word judging is probably the wrong way to look at it, but I don't know how you, what other word you would use in terms of what God's thinking. Uh, But that it would be a different metric for you, Chris, you're, you're working on different things and there's different areas that he knows that are on your heart. And so we can't be measured by the same things in his eyes, but it's just that constant stepping towards him is what he's looking for, but it's going to be very different. That's a really good point because it's important to take a step back from the gospel. And the same thing happens uh, in the first reading, as a matter of fact, too. Uh, But, you know, the tax collector is the one that went down and and cried out for God's mercy. But that doesn't make him a good person. He's still a tax collector. And many of the tax collectors in that time were very abusive of people and were taking advantage of people and added tax upon tax so that they could get their cut before the Romans took the cut that they demanded. So he's repenting and hopefully it's, he's repenting with, you know, contrite heart seems to show that that's what he is in the parable. Uh, But it didn't necessarily mean he was a good man. And the fact that the Pharisee was praising himself kind of shows that his, his priorities are messed up. But objectively, he's doing the right things in life. In the first reading, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before. God has, uh, here's the cry of the poor for that many different places in scripture. But that doesn't automatically mean that poor people are good and rich people are bad. 
it's because God is judging each person based on what he, they have been given and how they're responding to that. Whether or not they are rich or poor does not matter in God's eyes. In terms of uh, finances, it's what are they doing with what they've been giving, mm. given, and how are they competing in the race of life toward the eternal goal, finish line of heaven. So I thought that, that, that was really good that, you know, he's he is judging me. I think judging is a good word because he's he's judging good. He's saying, "Hey, that a boy, Chris? Right, right. Mm, you could have done that a whole lot better. Let's let's throw in a dash of humility so that I can show you just how <laughs> far you have to go." Still, and I can't think of another. I mean, I can't think of another word to use there. The other thing I love about the parable, Jesus is making a very big point here. He's using the tax collector. Like that's that's the worst person to to the Jews. This is a person that's one of their own that is basically is this major traitor to them because he's making life hard on them because he's he's taxing them and he's usually uh keeping a, a little extra on the under the table and you know he's taxing them for this occupying force. So he's this big traitor, and and that that's a huge issue for for the Jews at that time. So Jesus is making a point, like, hey, this is the the low, this is the worst person you can think of. But guess what, gang? In this this case, he's getting it right because he's coming to me, he's coming to God, rightly, and and saying, look, I'm really, I'm coming to you, confessing these sins, whereas. Again, this Pharisee is is kind of just kind of judging things based on his his own actions, and he he's now he's the judge there, where the tax collector is going to the judge. So I, I, that's a again when he when Jesus is throwing these parables out there, he, he he's doing it in these bold ways. If we can just kind of kind of get the context right, it's it's pretty amazing. And and what does it take to compete well? Uh, you know, and, and I think some of those answers are in the first reading. He says that the one who serves God willingly is hurt. Okay, so we have to serve God and do it willingly in whatever way he calls us to. The prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds. I love that word, pierces. doesn't just kind of float up there. It doesn't just kind of... It's not an osmosis effect. It pierces through those clouds, pierces into heaven, uh, and does not rest until it reaches its goal. Uh, so the importance of prayer and the importance of service and work, you know, that's faith and works that help us to get to heaven, not one or the other, because they both ought to lead to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's awesome. I, I wrote down, serve God willingly I, in bold as, okay, how do we compete well? If you could sit and contemplate that, what does that look like to you? And and, and like you said, too, the, the prayer side of things. We've talked about this before. I mean, this, these aren't complicated things to understand. They're just hard to stay disciplined to. And that's where St. Paul's words are so inspiring. You think about it, he's on his, his deathbed, basically, right? And he's saying, hey, he can honestly look back and say, I, I don't read this as him being a braggart. I have this, this vision of him saying, oh, man, I'm tired. Life's, <laughs> it's been tough. I'm, I'm probably sitting in prison as I'm saying this or where, wherever the case may be for him, right? Uh, you know what? Hey, I've competed well. I can, I can hold my head up high. 
I've finished this race. It's, it's coming to an end and I've kept the faith. And that's what it's basically, I just have this, it's such a, to me, a very inspiring few sentences because I just can envision him with that, that sense of, I don't know if accomplishment's the right word, but just, okay, hey, I've put it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. I've left it all in the field. I've done everything I can do. The writing is on the wall. I, I know God is not going to save me from martyrdom, but he is going to save me from falling into the temptation to despair and to commit any sort of evil. So here we are. And what, yeah. and what a great way to face death, right? Know, to be able to have that peace and that confidence, not just within yourself, but to be able to then uh, proclaim that outward, you know, in your words and the way you're living. I prayed for a, a good death. I used to pray for a good death and then just get, you know, it's one of those things where I stopped praying that particular prayer. And I've gotten back to that the last couple of months. And it's a scary prayer, you know, to accept the death God has intended for me willingly, whatever agony and sufferings it may bring. And I'm like, I don't want to pray this, but Hey, that death's coming no matter what. So me just praying ahead of time, it has nothing to do with God so much as helping me to be willing when that day comes, whatever that death is, to be able to accept that willingly and to, to be able to pray to him, you know, that I can be faithful in that last moment and have my eyes raised to heaven, my hands and heart are clean and off we go. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's a great prayer and it's a, it's such a great thing to work towards. I mean, think about how many times you hear about people who are dying and they have all these regrets. They wish this, or they wish that, or they, and, and sometimes it's inspiring. They, they've come to these realizations that money's not important and all these things aren't important. It's the, you know, your family, those kinds of things. And, and that can be uplifting, but that speaks to what, again, what St. Paul is saying here and what, what Jesus is telling us in the gospels is, judging ourselves and judging our our efforts through the lens of God is it's it's a very different view compared to what and we've talked about this i mean the world's telling us that hey at the end of your life you want to look back your legacy should show how much how much money you have and how how famous you are and all the you know the honors that you get for being famous and all these awards and, and that's that's not the message here now some of those things could be true uh, some people who have run the race well have earned those things, but th- that's a byproduct. It's not the measuring stick, and that's where we, we that's where we fail in the world is using those as the measuring stick. When you um, when you think about your own mortality, you think <laughs> about the time that you die. What's one of the the biggest fears that you have? For me right now, and this might be where I'm at age wise. I mean, there's some things that um, maybe in my own experience too, I just want to be in a place for my family to where they're there. They can handle it. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, my youngest is six, you know, my mom passed when I was 11. That, that was tough to deal with. I, you know, I wasn't old enough to really truly understand what was happening. And so there was a lot of, a lot of getting through that. Um, so I, I kind of think about Hey, are my loved ones, are they ready for me to be gone? And I don't, sounds probably, (laughs) sounds bad, but I think about that often. I want to make sure they're okay. Um, And then I also, I hope that when the, the, the second thing that usually comes by is, Hey, I hope that when I am face to face with God and having this moment of judgment, that 
uh, you know, I'm going the right way. Um, in that efforts I've made have have helped that that cause, or, or I haven't been too stupid or too arrogant or too blind and to not listen to him. And, um, that's a more mysterious thing to me though. Cause I don't, again, he's judging. I think I've accepted that. I think I understand that, but the scary part of that to me is I don't really understand Hey, where am where am I at on the scorecard? And and I probably have a lot of work to do with that regard. So it's it's usually in those two aspects. What about you? Um, I guess I'm not as as worried about family um, because I know that my wife is strong and she uh, it would be devastating, but I think she would have the the love for the kids you know to be strong for them and continue on and as we see in your case you know and others uh, who i know whose parents have died young uh, it ended up being something that even though it was painful led uh led them to become incredible people very strong people people that appreciate things that others don't because they didn't have everything that others don't um so I, I guess that would be my my second or third. My first would be heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where am I going? And it's not even, you know, purgatory because, uh, you know, once you've, if you made it to purgatory, you're on your way to heaven because you're just being purified of uh, whatever sins that you've got. And that's a painful experience because you're seeing all the effects of your sins, every single sin you've ever committed throughout your entire life and all the ramifications of that. But you're also seeing all the good things in your life and all those positive ripples throughout time and space. Uh, so I think it, it's in that moment. I don't think it's the pain. I don't think it's fear. You know, it's easy to say that here in, in our <laughs> separate podcasting studios. Uh, I don't think it will be those things. I think it will be just a, a real desire to want to be able to be on my way to heaven and not being dragged into hell. Yeah. I, I'm almost afraid of the things that if I'm shown all these things, like you, you say, all the ways that we've maybe failed. And I hope we see some of the things that, that we've succeeded at too, but <laughs> I'm afraid of that real realization of like, yeah, I knew it. I know, I know, I, I, I know it's, you know, having that, I, I know I could have done that better. Or I knew that that had that effect and and just that regret, you know, of something that, you know, better. Right. Um, that would be kind of, I, I don't know. Like it'd be well, those are the most serious things, right? Because you know, you know that you could be doing better right before you do the wrong thing right. that you're doing. And then you do it anyway. Uh, I guess part of it, me, for me on that end is, is there's a reality I have knowing because I've, I've had this conversion. So I understand I have a really clear vision of who I was before all that and and the pain it caused because of, I wasn't viewing things from God's justice and his, his, that point of view. And so I've, I've gone through a lot of that uh, reflection. Um, And so that's been good because it's helped me change a lot. Um, so that's all God's grace there. Um, it's more, it's more the smaller things in a way, because I now know 
So I'm not I'm not falling those ways anymore because I've had this this conversion, thank God. Um, but it's now even the smaller things, and almost in a way, they're just as because I'm I'm aware of this, and we've talked about this before. Okay, I'm aware of of the expectations, so I I do know the small things, quote unquote, and and that's the part of it. it's like. I should get better at that these things because I am aware of them. Does that make sense? It's not sure. it's not sure. the, the major it, it's I know what's expected and at the times I fall short of that. The little things. I, I I'm I'm not explaining this very well at all, I don't think, but <laughs> no, I, I think what whatever you're saying is probably hitting our listeners in different ways, uh, based on where they are in their own lives, right? Because this isn't our message. We're just Mm-hmm. Two yokels yapping back and forth. This is God trying to hit people right in the hearts, wherever they're listening, and and whatever they're they're experiencing in their own lives. So whether or not you're, you know, sleeping around or you're hooked on drugs or whatever you might be doing, our conversations meant to hear to, for you to hear in different ways. Could just be that you're just really trying to be more patient with people. And that's the mm-hmm. biggest stand that you've got is you find it sometimes hard to be patient with people. No, you're, you're hitting it right on the head there because I, to me, it's I, when I'm saying small things, I'm trying to speak in a way that in our own way here, but that's not small. It's not small to God is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say yeah. is okay. Yeah. I've, I've, by the grace of God, through all of these amazing things, I've I've gotten past some of those those what we all would think in the from a worldly point of view are, are really huge stumbling blocks. But it doesn't. It goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning of this episode. It doesn't change the expectation. I'm being judged, and and I, this isn't. I don't want anybody to get the idea. Like I don't find this to be painful, punitive, or whatever. It's inspiring in a way. I know I'm being judged on what I'm what he and I are working on together right now. Yeah. Let's go to athletics. I mean, you, you're an athlete. Yeah. I think that's what you're saying. You you talk about athletes and a coach or trainers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're doing huge things to get to a certain level. And then once you're at that level, you want to keep growing. Yeah. Better and better as an athlete. But that means that those little things happening, you know, whether it's, I woke up five minutes earlier today, I woke up two minutes earlier Mm -hmm. the day before. So that's seven minutes that's seven minutes earlier than you did two days ago. Right. Right. That's, no, is that what you're saying? Yeah. hundred percent. Because I, to me, my, okay, we'll use that five minutes, 10 minutes thing again. Like, okay, if I wake up one minute later than I did, that's still a step back. Even though I've been doing five minutes every day for the last 10 years, that's still a step back. And to me, that's, that. I should be judged for that because I'm stepping in the wrong, I'm going in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That to me is just as bad or however you want to put it as where I was 15 years ago, you know, sleeping in all day. It's yeah. to me, it's, it, it's not any, it's, it's not worse. Those are, those are equally because I'm going in the wrong direction. It's a decision not to get better, but yeah. to stay where you are to get worse. Yeah, and that's where this competing well theme really hits me because it's I, every day you've got to continue to try and take those steps the right way, and and it's not tiring, it's not daunting, it's it's it, to me it's almost actually refreshing because it gives me purpose. 
which is another thing I, I was kind of maybe alluding to in all this too, is that, you know, serving God willingly, it's not because we owe him something, what we do, but that's not why he's doing this. That's not why he wants us to serve him willingly, meaning we have to choose to. It's because we're, we're designed this way and he wants us, he wants only what's good for us. And so it, we have to have a purpose in life. You know, I kind of described maybe a way what that means to me personally, but, you know, I was listening, I'm listening to a couple of interviews about uh, the job force. Um, I'll give you an example here. Uh, and it was talking about the uh, able-bodied or, or, or men in, in the job front like this. So it's like ages, I don't know, 25 to whatever. So on average, these men typically make up a big part of the workforce, but over the last X amount of years, there's a lot of people in that group that it's not, they're not employed. They're not even in the workforce. Mm -hmm. And this is this new phenomenon. And so in these interviews, there's all these reasons for it, automation and, um, you know, the the pandemic and screens and, and, and all these things, but, you know, uh, people get hooked on, on drugs and and these kinds of things and, and, and pain pills, that kind of thing, all these reasons for it. But there's this common thread in that they, you know, people who are choosing not to do, to be in the workforce, meaning be a productive, produce something that helps others, um, they have no purpose. So to me, there's not a, it's not a surprise that suicide rates for the same group, the same age group of men are so much more higher than, than other groups Mm -hmm. um, because they, they don't have a purpose in my, in my opinion. So this is what I'm saying is God wants us to compete well, meaning serve others, love others. And that can be done through our work. Um, we go back to Genesis, right? Like we are supposed to be good stewards and of the resources and till the land and all those kinds of things. We need a purpose. And if we don't have a purpose, we're not going to compete well. Yeah. And well, St. Paul in that second reading, uh, as you're saying that, I was thinking, he could have had plenty of opportunities to commit suicide, <laughs> you know, and, and opportunities for despair. And and remember, for listeners, you know, St. Paul is now a saint, so it's fair to canonize him. But we're not necessarily canonizing every step along the way in our conversations, because this is the same St. Paul who said, the good I want to do, I do not do, and the evil, the wrong that I do not want to do is the very wrong that I do do. And there, that's just one example of numerous times where St. Paul is confessing to his readers that he is not in a place that he wants to be and where he feels God is calling him to be. The very same St. Paul that we're talking about today. And even in this second reading, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 and 16 through 18, there's a little bit of that melancholic there mm-hmm. because he says, you know, this crown of righteousness awaits me, the Lord, the just judge, you know, not just for me, but all who long for his appearance. And then he, he cannot help himself. At my first defense, no one appeared on my behalf, <laughs> but everyone deserted me. Okay, some pretty strong words, St. Paul. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. And you know he's not being whiny. I mean, you can almost hear him writing like, "This hurt me," mm-hmm. and I still remember it. It really did hurt me. But 
even though no one was there, I forgive them and may God forgive them. May not be hoping. So it's a beautiful like offering. He's offering this pain to God, but he can't help himself. <laughs> he goes into that melancholy, just like myself, just like your wife. We're pretty good about it. Yeah, it's a good thing, but but this good thing, but and you know, the, there's so much of that that happens in our daily lives. But where I was coming to with St. Paul is that he was tortured so many times. And he, you know, he explains them all in Corinthians, Corinthians, how he was shipwrecked and he was beat up and he was deserted and he was in prison and he was this and he was that and he was stoned, not marijuana. He was stoned <laughs> with big rocks thrown at him. Uh, he was abandoned. He was deserted, blah, 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 blah. I mean, how many times could he have looked up and said, you know, I was a pretty vivacious Christian-hating Jew, and I was locking these people up and hauling them in, and you called me to this conversion, and I can't deny that experience because I had it, but I just don't feel like you've been there for me since, so I'm out. But no, he didn't because he had the meaning that Jason is talking about. He experienced suffering with a foundation of meaning underneath it, above it, around it, behind it, so that he had that purpose to keep going right up until this reading that we're reading right now, which is, hey, I'm at the end now, and it's about over. I hear the, the death bell tolling, but because I had this purpose and this meaning in my life, and I've competed well, I'm confident with where I'm going and who's going to be the one that brings me there so i think it's a really good point that you're making you yeah go it, out there and get some meaning if you don't have it and that's by yeah praying serving and if you can combine that idea with trying to compete for, to make god be pleasing to god rather than competing against other people around you this idea that if 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 Men succeed and women fail because you're that that's not how we're it's not how it works really, right? Mm -hmm. Or Chris earns a lot of money, so then he that's there's not that much money for me. Nope, that's not how this works. Nope. Um, so if you can combine those two things, I think you're on the right path. And I think you could also hold go back and listen to this episode that we're still trying to figure this out too and what this means. And and this is a pretty searching episode to try and, and figure out how to kind of navigate this whole idea. But if you can get just the bits and pieces to start with, and then, then you can take that one step forward and you're, it's going to be a good thing. And even if you take the two steps back, right? Yeah. That, it's not a good thing that mm -hmm. you took two steps back, but you did take that one step forward, which means you're, is it net one? Net negative one, <laughs> right? Take two steps forward, one step back. Now you're one. <laughs> Again, back to the parable, right? The tax collector, he's clearly taken a number of steps backwards because he's in this this the horrible position and, and hurting his people. But he's he's going to be net positive the next day because he's gone to God to confess and and truly gone to God in God's eyes. So yeah, there's this that whole idea of like it. Don't fall into despair if you do take that step back. That's a common trap. Uh, so you just wake up the next day and try to be better than you were the day before. So, because you've yeah. got purpose, you've got meaning.
And those little things are just steps that you recognize. And those steps are little battles, but the war is a much longer one. And one where when we do it with God, we win. Absolutely. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left, so we probably need to wrap it up. But I have a feeling that we'll probably bounce back to this general topic at some point. I think it's probably in there a few times. But hopefully this helps maybe get you thinking and uh, you can see that we're still certainly pondering a lot of what this means and and hopefully this this has helped you out. So we can close in prayer unless you had anything else you wanted to throw out there. Oh, oh no, awesome. Okay. Let's pray. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you and, and give you all praise and glory and just thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. Please give us, grant us the power, the fortitude, the courage, the wisdom to always seek your will and try to judge our actions, to help us judge our own actions to your will and not in terms of what others are doing around us. Help us see that path. Lord, we, we ask that you also bless all of our family and all of our friends and help everybody uh, listening to this podcast try and take that journey as well. Amen. Amen. Oh, great God and omnipotent judge of the living and the dead, we are to appear before you after this short life to render an account of our works. Give us the grace to prepare for our last hour by a devout and holy life and protect us against a sudden and unprovided death. Let us remember our frailty and mortality that we may always live in the ways of your commandments. Teach us to watch and pray that when your summons comes for our departure from this world, we may go forth to meet you, experience a merciful judgment, and rejoice in everlasting happiness. We ask this through our most merciful Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. God bless you.